Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Bob Cochran on what it means to live out the Christian faith in the legal profession. I think some clients sort of looked at me, were surprised that a lawyer was suggesting we pray together and their attitude was more, well, it couldn't hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we'll give it a try, but others, you know, have come back to me uh, years years later, and and that was a, a very meaningful time um, for them. Bob Cochran next. Most lawyers spend their days drafting documents, negotiating with other attorneys, trying cases, researching the law, and counseling clients. How does this everyday law practice relate to Jesus' call to follow him in servanthood? Well, that's the subject of Bob Cochran's new book, The Servant Lawyer, Facing the Challenges of Christian Faith in Everyday Law Practice. Bob has decades of experience in the law office, courtroom, and classroom. Bob, tell us why you wrote The Servant Lawyer and who's it for? Well, I wrote it because I think um, there's a lot of misperceptions about the legal profession out uh, out there, both among lawyers and prospective lawyers and lay people. And um, I guess I wrote it uh, primarily for uh, lawyers, law students, and pre-law students um, to try and give them a bigger vision um, of, uh, of what law, law practice might be. And, and I mentioned it a little bit at the beginning, but if you would, can you give us kind of a, of a sort of a thumbnail uh, look at, at your background uh, in the legal profession? Um, sure. I went to uh, um, the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, and I was uh, involved with a law student's Christian fellowship that actually started uh, while I was there back in 1973, and it's still going strong. Interestingly, I I just spoke to the group last night, so 50 Mm. years later, uh, still a strong law students fellowship group. Um, So I I went to to UVA, then practiced law in Charlottesville um, with a general practice law firm, did a little bit of everything. And then uh, door opened for me to teach a law school out in Malibu, California at, uh, at Pepperdine. And uh, I did that uh, and recently retired. And he gave me the opportunity to write this book that I've been, uh, been kind of thinking about really for 40 years. Hmm. Well, I'm glad you did. Well, so you went to law school as a Christian, as a believer in Christ. Um, yes, raised, raised as a Christian, uh, raised in a Christian home, uh, a pastor's kid. Oh, um, but I was uh, I was drifting away from Christ through high school and college, and it was in the middle of my first year of law school that I came back and got serious about about following Christ. Not the best time to have a crisis of faith, but uh, God blessed me through it. Now, your book is titled The Servant Lawyer, and obviously those are two terms that people would not necessarily or normally put together. Why is that, first of all? And then tell us what you mean by servant lawyer, why you believe those two terms do, in fact, go together. Yeah, if you if you Google those two words, all you come up with is my book. So it's not a, it's not a, a commonly... Uh, 
thought of a pair of, of words, um, but I wanted to have a, a certain degree of, of tension there um, in, the, in the title. Mm -hmm. um, I perceive lawyers very much as servants, and uh, of course, I'm, I'm building on Jesus's teaching that, uh, that we should be servants in whatever whatever profession uh, we we find ourselves. And of course, it's a play on uh, the term servant leadership, which uh, has been common in, in recent years. And I see uh, lawyers as servants in a couple of different um, ways. I mean, the little picture is that lawyers are servants to their clients. Sometimes. And I mean, sometimes a lawyer's clients are not particularly reputable people. They may have been charged with a crime. Oftentimes they're in trouble in some way or, or other. And uh, of course, lawyers get, uh, get criticized at times for the clients that they, uh, they represent. Um, but uh, Jesus taught us we should be the servant of the least of these. And I highlight uh, humans being created in God's image. And, and I argue that whether you're representing the, the lowliest criminal defendant or the most arrogant CEO, you should, you should be their servant and see them as created in God's image. So that's the, the sort of little picture, the one-on-one -on -one picture. The other side of it is that I, th I think um, lawyers are the, are the source of the rule of law within our society. I mean, even if we've got the best laws in the world, if they're not enforced and if people don't comply with the, with the law, um, it's not going to do any good. You go to a country that does not have the rule of law and I mean, you might hug the the next lawyer you see when you come back, when you see, you know, what go, what goes on there. But lawyers, I mean, it's easy to see that prosecutors reinforce the rule of law, but criminal defense lawyers hold prosecutors to the law. Plaintiffs' lawyers um, serve clients who've been injured. Defense lawyers hold them to the to the law. And even um, business lawyers, when they meet with corporate uh, officials, they're showing what the, the the legal requirements are and holding them to that. So, so rule of law, I think, um, is the means that lawyers serve society generally. Well, the older generation, of course, when they think about the lawyer, uh, might think of Perry Mason. The younger generations have maybe never heard of him, but the younger generations might think of the the uh, TV show suits uh, when trying to visualize what a lawyer might do from day to day w what can you tell us if it's possible to generalize i realize there's different legal specialties there, there's government lawyers there's 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 corporate law all of these things but is it possible to generalize what the law practice looks from day to day well i would i would say most law practice can be broken down into either litigation or business practice um off, office practice but even within those, you've got very different uh, uh, categories from the, the sole practitioner that's representing criminal defendants to uh, the, big, the big corporate litigator that's, uh, that's in there with 20, 20 other lawyers in court. In business practice, the sole practitioner 
advising little local businesses about this this and that to the uh you know to the big corporate lawyer and they're so they're very different uh, they can they can be very different as far as a person's um, skills that might call call them to law practice and their experience day to day from the 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 high pressure of litigation to the more leisurely practice maybe of writing people's uh, wills. Interestingly, Perry Mason was was my inspiration for going to law school. Really, I didn't have any lawyers in my family. I didn't know any lawyers from from my church, but I just loved that show. Of course, it's quite quite different. Uh, you know, gener- generally, you don't win a case by on cross examination getting the witness to confess to the crime, but right. that seemed to happen week after week. Um, and you didn't mention L.A. Law for a period of time. L.A. Law was the show that ever, everybody watched. Yep. And the funny thing was, I didn't think the lawyers on it were particularly attractive, but the number of people applying to law school really shot up at that time, <laughs> and they attributed it to, Le- to L.A. Law. Um, I guess it's a it's an exciting an exciting type of uh, of life in many respects. Of course. The TV portrayals aren't mm-hmm. very aren't very realistic. But yeah. let me let me just say this because because mm-hmm. um, I think over overall um, the rule of law is a, an important um, thing that lawyers bring, whether it's business law or or litigation. Um, but I think it's also important to see that that both in business law and in litigation, the lawyer plays a role within a system. And if you don't believe in the system, I mean, if you don't believe that our business system generally is a good one with private enterprise and competitive or, you know, what whatever business system your your country might uh, might have, or you don't believe that that litigation um, is generally going to yield justice, then just playing a role within within one of those systems is probably not going to give you a, a strong sense of calling. Um, but if you do believe in the systems playing a role in it, I, I think, and seeing what comes out of it for the business lawyer, jobs, um, products, um, et, et cetera, for the litigator, ultimately, the, the idea is, you make your client's argument, the other ones are made, and then um, judges yield hopefully just decisions. If you don't believe those are basically just systems, then you need to challenge those systems. But even you know there, there's certainly a role for lawyers challenging systems. So I think there's roles lawyers can play. For most of us, it's representing individual clients, arguing their cases, making um, making points that they would have difficulty making on their own, but speaking for them. What would you say are some major misconceptions about what attorneys do? Maybe those come out of the TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, a major misconception is that they spend all their time in the courtroom, <laughs> even even for for litigators, the vast majority of your time is spent uh, in your office, maybe in front of a computer, answering questions, drafting questions, figuring out trial strategy, trying to understand the law. It's not 
nearly as glamorous as uh, as as always um, being in court. Um, and then, you know, the, the cases that get uh, the most attention are, I think, the ones where um, a, a nasty lawyer has acted very unjustly. And uh, and so this colors people's perception of of lawyers. Um, and and I think um, I think causes people often to 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 be critical of lawyers. Interestingly, people generally are critical of lawyers, except for their own lawyers. Um, and I think that says something good good about lawyers that that the the actual experience of most people hmm. um, having someone represent them is one of a caring person, maybe of a servant lawyer. Well, in fact, that's the title of the book we're talking about, The Servant Lawyer Facing the Challenges of Christian Faith in Everyday Law Practice. My guest is the author, uh, Mr. Bob Cochran, Jr., and he was a law professor for many years at Pepperdine University. Well, Bob, we're going to get into some of the challenges, obviously, but I'm wondering, what do you believe uh, characterizes a distinctly Christian approach to practicing law? I mean, what would what would set the Christian attorney, or what do you believe, at least in, in theory, should set the Christian attorney and their their motivation, their approach to the practice of law from from lawyers that would not profess faith in Christ. Yeah, I th- I think it's the broad perspective that uh, that a Christian would would understand about the place of law practice uh, within within this world that would set them apart, and then that would have implications for decisions on on down the line. I mean, I think I think for the for the business lawyer um, seeing themselves as being part of of um, creating something of exercising dominion being part uh, again of a system that's um, yielding hopefully jobs and good products and good ser- good services but but seeing that as being um, a, a part of exercising dominion on behalf of God. So not just being a, a steward or um, an agent of your client, but also um, being, being a, a servant of God as well. Now that might call you at times to challenge your client about decisions are, uh, that are made. It might even cause you to withdraw from a, from a case, but but bringing that uh, that godly perspective to what you do is an, an important one. Is it fair to consider for the Christian attorney to consider their work as a lawyer as a ministry as their ministry? Uh, oh yes, I I think absolutely so. I mean that's the underlying theme, if not the major theme of of my book. Um, so a ministry, a way of caring for for people. Um, a way of caring for people sometimes that have been, um, you know, abandoned by everyone else uh, that uh, that they know. Um, so what would you be an example of that? Well, I'll, I'll, I will tell you a little a little story. Mm-hmm. So in in my church, I had a gentleman come up to me who I who I knew fairly well, and he said that he had been charged with a criminal offense. He had had access to funds that were being invested and he thought of a way that he could invest them make a quick buck and then return them 
Um, but his quick buck turned out to be the loss of, you know, mm. million or more dollars. And so he's charged with that and wanted my advice, you know, who should he have get representation? Did he need to have a lawyer? Various questions um, like that. And so I talked with him a little bit about that. And then I, I said, well, you know, what, what does your wife think about this? And I knew her from church as well. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, I haven't told her. So he's talking to me before he talks to his own wife. And that it struck me that there's a lot of situations like that where the only person that someone can talk to about their situation or they feel like it is, mm -hmm. is it is their lawyer. And, you know, when they're stand when they're called on to plead guilty or not guilty, I always stood with my clients. Um, and I thought that was an important symbol that I was standing with them. And oftentimes the on, the only one um, that's standing with them. So so yeah, personal personal relationship. I think within the lawyer um, client relationship, important and an important opportunity for ministry. Um, I mean, I didn't always do this, but at times I always tried to be open to the possibility that I I might ask the client if I could pray for us as we go into court or whatever it it might be. And oftentimes that's a, a period of life when you might be open to the gospel. And I felt confident uh, sharing that. Um, I think some clients sort of looked at me, were surprised that a lawyer was suggesting we pray together and their attitude was more, well, it couldn't hurt. <laughs> right. And we'll give it a try, but others, you know, have come back to me uh, years years later, and and that was a, a very meaningful time um, for them. So yeah, yeah, I think it can very much be a means of ministry. Are there some uh, legal fields do you believe perhaps are more compatible with Christian ideals? I mean, things like fighting for religious liberty or pro life issues, or or is is it every is everything a sort of fair game? Well, I would say everything is is fair game. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I think I think just roughly speaking, business oriented fa practice, family oriented practice, fits neatly within our call to be co creators with God or exercise dominion on behalf of God. Um, litigation typically falls at, uh, you know follows from the fall. Um, our, our fallen human nature, but it presents uh, wonderful opportunities for, for peacemaking and handholding and, you know, caring for people that are going through a great deal of, of, of stress. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there are some types of practice, but not very many people can engage in global justice, religious liberty, um, poverty law mm -hmm. law representation i mean I, I i've done some of that a lot of lawyers have the opportunity to do a bit of that in their practice but for most lawyers it's going to be representing the next person that uh, that comes through the door i had a wonderful um law professor his name was tom schaefer he was visiting at uva uh he had been the dean at notre dame law school he was a Christian, and he used to say that for the Christian, the definition of a client, the first thing you should think about when you think about client is, 
that the client is this person who God has brought into my life. Mm. And, uh, you know, very often, whatever your type of work is, I mean, I used to remind myself of that when I was a teacher and, you know, students might be uh, lining up with kind of tedious questions about uh, exams or something that this next person that comes into my office is um, a person God has brought into my life. And that's a good perspective for a lawyer or, or anyone to, uh, to have. Well, your book is The Servant Lawyer, Facing the Challenges of Christian Faith and Everyday Law Practice. And so for the idealistic Christian law student or career attorney, what are, and you go through a number of them, uh, some major challenges, uh, and I think you, and just to sort of uh, give a bit of a subtitle to this, you also say that there, some of these challenges can tend to cause the person to, to drift from their Christian faith. These are, these are serious challenges. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of uh, pressure. Some of them are in the nature of, uh, of, of, of law practice. Um, you know, I think there's a, there's a challenge when day after day you represent um, people that are going through so much emotional stress. Um, lawyers aren't typically uh, thought of as servants. They're also gen- generally not thought of as part of a helping profession. But they really do experience, many of them, uh, experience much what counselors or, or teachers do. You're, you're, you're dealing with um, heavy problems of, uh, of that sort. Um, so that, that's a challenge. I think learning to, uh, learning to put the burden on Christ's shoulders with, with what you face mm-hmm. uh, is, uh, is, is, is an important one. I think you know, there's always the, the, um, you're an advocate. And so you go in, um, arguing your client's uh, case, the other side's arguing their client's case, but there's a, there's a danger that a lawyer is going to develop that aggressive adversarial, uh, character, and it'll bleed over into the other aspects of their life. Um, today you're arguing the client's case before, a judge tomorrow, you'll be arguing with your uh, spouse or your neighbor or your mm-hmm. or your friends. So uh, keeping keeping those separate, not allowing things that you're called to do as a as a lawyer to uh, affect your um, your character generally, I think is a is is a challenge. And you may you you may I mean I. I think generally we can rely on the system. We can rely on the economic system. I think we can rely on the litigation system and lawyers can do their job as advocates within it. But at times you might be called on to do something that's just, you know, unjust and Mm -hmm. you may need to say no. I think before you say no, you should uh, talk things over with a client, uh, engage in some sort of uh, conversation, but trying to figure out the right thing to do in a in a complex environment is certainly a challenge as well. I'm wondering, in terms of, and you bring this up uh, in the book, the whole the whole concept of truth, and obviously as Christians, we want to be people of truth, and and yet at the same time, when you're representing a client. There can be the the temptation, or maybe the necessity to, to if not shade the truth, maybe uh, just express certain aspects of the truth. Maybe not 
say everything to try to gain the advantage for your client because law is typically a win-lose proposition. Is that a, is that a common kind of a temptation for, for the Christian attorney? Yes, it is. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, a challenge as well. I mean, you're, I, I just mentioned you're called on to be an aggressive advocate that can in, affect your character. You're also called on to, uh, to, to argue the, the facts and the law in ways that, uh, that best um, represent your client. You're speaking for them. It's their case and you're their spokesperson. And you may be arguing things that you, that you would not argue for yourself. I remember being uh, appointed to represent a, a guy that was charged with murdering his wife in a rather horrendous type of case. And it was, it was obvious that he was guilty. Um, and my senior partner pulling me aside and say, you know, this is not an attractive client. Your tendency might be to sort of, you know, not push yourself on this one, but this is the case where you need to push yourself. Um, he's entitled to have his case presented and in as strong a fashion as, as is possible. And within the system, you, uh, you, you need to do that. Um, and so I did, I, I actually came to have sort of a heart for, for the guy that, uh, that, that I was representing. So it wasn't as hard. I mean, the, his guilt was already clear, um, and it was a matter of trying to find things, as is often the case in criminal cases, things that might justify a modified sentence or something like that. But yeah, but yes, um, you again, you have to see yourself as playing a role within within the system. I like to analogize it to the separation of powers within within the United States. Mm. I mean, we don't have just a king who's running the show. We've got a Congress, a legislature, and a, and a president. We divide power because we know people would tend to abuse power if they're given too much. And the litigation system is much like that. You've got a, you've got a judge. You've got lawyers for both sides. And you know the hope is that if everybody does their part, that justice will emerge. Well, all of these and more challenges certainly uh, confront the uh, attorney seeking to practice a distinctly Christian uh, law, a distinctly Christian legal practice. What for you are a keys to staying grounded in your Christian faith with, with all of these challenges constantly uh, coming at you day to day? Yeah, well, some of some of the answers would be probably obvious to most of your 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 listeners. Um, worshiping regularly, both corporately and individually, being uh, being in touch with God, asking for His guidance, Bible reading. Um, I think being a part of a of a fellowship group with um, fellow attorneys is is very important um so in in the united states many city, cities have a a chapter of the christian legal society it's a it's a wonderful national organization uh, canada has a, a christian lawyers fellowship a similar organization many of these have uh 
have local chapters. If your city doesn't have one, you should start one. <laughs> There's a lot of help. Again, Christian Legal Society or CLS is a is a good source. But the the kinds of pressures that I've described, um, many pastors can help someone think through those those problems. But nobody can help as much as somebody who himself or herself has faced the same thing. And it doesn't have to be a group. It can be just a, a, a brother or sister in Christ who, uh, who understands the situation. I, I think that's very helpful. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to today's guest, attorney Bob Cochran, author of the book, The Servant Lawyer, Facing the Challenges of Christian Faith, in everyday law practice. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Andy Davis on how memorizing scripture impacts your life and ministry. And memorizing entire books of the Bible has has shaped my theology and my approach as I preach. It also has shaped my soul. It's helped me to fight sin. It's helped me in my prayer life, helped me in evangelism. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.